You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us on the BuyerSafety.com hotline. Oh, a phone is ringing. 105.3, the phone. I know when it is, in my estimation, the best sports rider currently working uh, in the field, and he can ride a lot more than that. He's got a great new piece on ESPN about how players are arriving at college and in the NBA as ticking time bombs because of the damage they've already sustained in youth basketball. It's our buddy Baxter Holmes. How you doing today, Baxter? I'm doing well. That's quite an intro, man. It's very kind of you. Well, we're, uh, we're big fans of your work, uh, and it didn't surprise me at all when this showed up on my Twitter timeline this week, another exhaustive piece that you have thoroughly researched. And uh, just for kind of starters, what got you going down this path? Uh, it appears that uh, it is certainly an epidemic for guys, for coaches and administrators and, and those types of people on the college and pro level that once these 18, 19, and 20-year-olds arrive, they're damaged goods. So this started for me in the 2014-15 NBA season when A, the top 11 draft picks uh, from the previous draft suffered major injuries, uh, many of them early in the year. And at that point, an athletic training official said to me, you know, this isn't a fluke uh, that these guys are getting hurt. A lot of them are coming into the league with major issues. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we're getting, I've heard him referred to as damaged goods. And so I tried to set down a path of talking to everybody that I could in the youth basketball landscape, um, in the, in the medical world that's affiliated with this and the NBA athletic training teams, you know, parents, uh, players, whatnot, to really understand the scope of it. And essentially you have, you know, single sport specialization, got kids are starting out as young as seven years old playing basketball is only basketball. And this, by the way, happens in other sports too, but they're just playing one thing year-round. And uh, uh, by the time they get to the NBA, they're worn down, they're breaking down. And the NBA is such a meat grinder of a schedule as it is, you know, with the size, speed, strength, athleticism of the players, an 82-game schedule, 50,000 miles of travel. You get, you get broken down players in, in a, you know, system like that, and it's just a recipe for disaster. So as you started, obviously you said eight out of the first 11 picks suffered major injuries. As you started digging around and talking to teams and sources, and did you find that uh, this was something that they were already very well aware of and concerned about, or did this all kind of help turn the light on for them as well? Yeah, no, the people have been quietly concerned about this, but there has been there's also this sense of, well, what can we do? You know, there's 10 million. This is a, this is a multibillion-dollar industry. There's 10 million boys and girls age 6 to 17, who are playing youth basketball, the most popular team sport in America. Um, on top of that, you just, you, uh, you know, the chase for these fame and riches of trying to make the NBA is, is incredibly real. And so people think that if they don't compete or they miss out on one youth basketball tournament or one appearance or something, that they're going to fall behind. And so it's this kind of vicious cycle. And the NBA and, youth, and USA Basketball released guidelines in 2016 about you know, how much basketball do you think kids should be playing depending on what age they are and say, a given week. But there's also this sense of, like, well, how do we even enforce these things? How do we regulate it? Youth basketball and a lot of youth sports is just this huge, wild, wild west of a landscape. Nobody really has jurisdiction over the whole of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are aware, um, but, you know, I hope that that my uh, series, the two-part series that I wrote has helped bring this more to light. But I will say I'm not – 
I'm not optimistic or hopeful that much change, real change, can happen. We're talking to Baxter Holmes. He's got an incredible two-piece article on ESPN right now about youth basketball culture and the overuse of these young athletes is is leading them to be ticking time bombs when they rise to the next level. Um, the, the other thing that's interesting about this, uh, Baxter, is early in the article you talk about how Adam Silver at an NBA Finals address, I guess this was the maybe the 18 Finals, just kind of swerved out of the road to bring this up. I think Adam Silver is looked at as being a very pro- pro- progressive commissioner and wants to do the right thing on, on a lot of these fronts. But him getting out in front of this, uh, you're already in the middle of researching this piece. What were you thinking at that point in researching this piece when Adam Silver is already addressing it publicly? Yeah, well, there had been, you know, that's a great point. There had been smoke up to that point, and certainly I had seen and talked to people who had pointed, you know, down this particular direction. But when he said that, and particularly that, that they're noticing players younger players who are having the kinds of injuries that older players are having. I just felt it was more, you know, for him to go out of his way at the NBA Finals to make that point um, on a question that really didn't have anything to do with it, I think really spoke volumes about how severe this is. And I'll say this too, look, the players at the end of the day are the products for the NBA. And no matter how talented they are or promising or this or that, if they can't play, everyone suffers. The players suffer, the coaches suffer, the team suffers, the league as a whole, you know, the whole product, everything suffers, the fans. So, you know, the, the first and foremost is the health of the players. And if you have guys that are broken down because of this culture, this system uh, that's in place, you know, it, it's, it, it, it can't be said enough how damaging it is for the NBA as a whole and, and for every party that's concerned. And Adam knows that. We're visiting with Baxter Holmes, senior writer for ESPN. The kids are ticking time bombs, an amazing, an amazing piece that he's written that we've been talking about now for uh, almost a week. And I, I got to tell you this, everything I look at now here in Dallas-Fort Worth is through Luka Doncic goggles. And so I'm curious as to what your thoughts are for guys that uh, are European basketball players. Like Luka has been playing professional ball, I guess, since he was like 14. So uh, how would you compare or contrast the, the different styles of playing overseas versus playing AAU ball or whatever youth basketball uh, here in the United States? It's interesting. Um, and I actually think of another Texas team in the Spurs, which is really one of the pioneers in acquiring a lot of international players. And one of the first things that, and, and American players have talked about this, that's really emphasized in um, basketball overseas is skill development and kind of fundamentals and things of that nature. So the overall wear and tear, and I mean, look, there's, a lot of European players have had long careers here in America. I mean, last I checked, there's one who's played in Dallas for basically two decades. It was pretty dang good. Um, so a lot of, yeah, it's a different culture. It's a different style. And, and not only do they, I mean, yes, they, they do play basketball at a young age, but they don't only just play basketball. I don't, you know, soccer is a huge, huge part of culture for a lot of people. Um, and so they'll play these different things. I know Kobe Bryant talked about playing soccer growing up in Italy along with playing basketball and that it taught him a lot. So it's just the, the, the culture is very different. It's not ball is life and basketball never stops the way it is in America. Yeah, and one of the things that you brought up in the piece, Baxter, and, and Michael Young, our, one of our favorite all-time Texas Rangers, has talked about this. When he was growing up, it wasn't year-round baseball. He played every sport. And so you're not using the exact same – 
uh, joints the same way and muscles the same way. And all. It's really not about the muscles. It's about your joints and the orthopedic issues that you deal with. But by playing different sports, you're emphasizing different parts of your body. I mean, this is really more about just the constant repetition and grind of doing the same thing over and over before your body really fully develops, right? You're, you're yes, that's a, incredibly well said, and um, I had a lot of people in the medical community talk to me about that. Just that it's this constant repetition of never, you know, never taking a break, but you're pounding on the same joints and tendons and muscles, and you're just and, and but you know, so you're doing that year round, and this is at a point when the human body isn't really developed. You know, one thing that different people in the league talked about is even when we were getting prepped to pro players who were 18 versus 21, they'd say, well the body goes through a huge jump in maturation and your, your physical structure kind of developing between 18 and 21. And that able allows you to kind of withstand the heavy workload and, and the physical force and everything uh, that is the NBA. So uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a totally great point. Um, if I playing different sports throughout the year or different sports, when they were in season, you'd give certain parts of your body a, a chance to rest while you'd be working on other parts of your body. And overall you'd be a, a more well-rounded, stronger, complete athlete and we're we've we've lost that in a lot of ways all right baxter before we let you go because you're very busy these days and we want to tell everybody to follow you on twitter because it's the greatest twitter handle it's at baxter so perfect um I, I, someone texted in 877-881-1053 about hey look if you're going to get hurt you're going to get hurt and I, I hear people like barkley say these sorts of things or you know kind of what i would just call an older player mentality or a way of looking at things do you is there resistance to some of the research you've done where people are like ah no this is overblown you know ballers are going to ball and let the chips fall where they may no 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 look and and I you know I'll say something quickly to that kind of notion of like guys are just going to get hurt and it's the way of life there it's a real lazy way of thinking to be to put to be blunt about it um, and people in the community of athletic training and sports science and sports medicine hate it. They don't like when people say injuries are a fluke and they just happen and they're part of the game or not. They want to understand what happened and if there was a way to prevent it because maybe people are at fault for a player getting hurt and it's not just as simple as he got hurt and no one is to blame. Like The, the talent and skill of the people who take care of these players is important and it matters, and it's mattering more to free agents than ever before. So, um, yeah, there's – I do understand there are some old school mentalities out there still. A lot of these, these people who believe them are being phased out of positions that really matter um, because it's just an old school way of thinking. And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't hold up in an era where science and medicine and everything else is advanced enough that we don't just have to sit back and, and no one has any culpability uh, for the, when these things happen. Hey man, thank you so much for the time Baxter. Have a great week and we'll catch up with you soon, dude. All right. Appreciate the time guys. Thanks so much. All right, there he goes, Baxter Holmes. So, Ben, uh, he really is one of my favorite writers. And, you know, we've talked about this, started that podcast, Radios and Tunnels. I recorded one with him about five weeks ago. Oh, wow. Before this article even came out. Okay. We've talked about his articles in the past on the show. We did the one about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the NBA. Mm -hmm. The one about Greg Popovich doing uh, team chemistry through elaborate dinners. Those are are all him. Oh, wow. I I think he's the best. How does he get these these things? He works on these things for four and five years. He'll have like eight stories going at once. He's the one that wrote the – the big story three weeks ago about detailing all the Lakers dysfunction. He yeah. had been working on that for a year and a half. Oh, my God. I mean, he's a badass. And uh, encourage you to follow him at Baxter. And then uh, we'll drop the podcast next week. And uh, hopefully you'll check that out. But 
This is a great article. We'll tweet out links to it, especially if your kids are playing youth sports, you should pay some attention to it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 